Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios. Chico Live Radio 104.5 FM and AM 930. It's great to have you with us another Monday evening, where we have the opportunity to reflect into the richness of our faith, most especially this call we have to witness to our faith from one Monday to the next. We engage in various topics in our call to uh, give testimony to who we believe in, not just what we believe in, but who we believe in. And over the course of the last year, and uh, I, I'm struck as I'm talking right now that it is almost a year ago today that we started our uh, daily evening program, and uh, we have covered a lot of ground as I'm uh, sitting here in the studio thinking about it, and I cannot think of a better topic to talk about uh, on a year anniversary than that of the family. I am certainly uh, excited for this evening because I have some, I know I've said special guests before, but I'm going to say very, very special guests this evening because I have my brother with me, one of my six brothers, and his lovely wife with me, joining me to talk the stuff of family and how to raise a Catholic family. Uh, they have something to share, something to talk about, because they have uh, seven kids. Yes, that's right. You need two hands to count <laughs> that seven kids. So, um, Pat and Jackie, great to have you with me. It's great to be here, Joe. Thank you, Joe. So, you guys, we are going to talk about a number of things this evening, to the least of which I'm sure for our <laughs> listening audience, they're probably wondering about time management when they hear seven kids. Um, but by way of uh, quick context, Pat, uh, you are a counselor huh, at a public school, uh, husband, father, of course, Jackie, um, mother, wife, and a current student, and I think we'll get into a little bit of that later. Maybe the first thing we can talk about, because it's something I experience, at least on a smaller scale, our listening audience knows that uh, I have four kids, I talk about them a lot. From time to time, I will go to the store with all four kids, and uh, invariably, I, I get that question or that observation or that comment, <laughs> you know, how do you do it, or you have your hands full, or are you done with those four kids? <laughs> you get every kind. So seven kids, I don't know if you guys actually go to the store with all seven kids. Well, at this point, not so much anymore. The older ones don't find it to be an exciting trip to the grocery <laughs> store like they used to. So a lot of times the little ones are home with them or um, I'll only have a few with me. But whenever we go anywhere with all seven children, invariably there are the comments, are they all yours? <laughs> this a blended family. Um, this is a blended family. I don't think I've heard that one. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of times I get, you don't look old enough to have seven children, <laughs> to which all I say is, well, thank you. <laughs> and you know, yeah, usually <laughs> what I get is when they ask how many kids I have, the classic is, you do know where those come from, don't you? Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> um, no, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we had a gal on uh, who has four kids and she had a great response when asked one time, uh, I think what was the, uh, boy, you have your hands full, more of a comment, you have your hands full. And her response was, yes, and my heart is full too. That's a good yes, one. yeah, it really That's is. I thought one. you want to know, and I've actually used it, and it's led to some great conversation. And and so speaking of that, that heartful, you guys, you know, uh, so often when you think about having a big family, all you think about is the work. All you think about is the hands full, as opposed to the heart is full. 
as we were talking before, uh, you know, the first thing we we're talking about was, okay, how do you do it? Well, uh, we don't do it alone. We don't do it alone, but we do it with God's grace, God first, that before anything else, we have to first understand that first principle, that in God, so as to be properly disposed to be for others, so that we are receiving that necessary strength and grace to, to be who we are called to be as husband, father, mother, wife, a student, counselor, you know. Um, but there's something else here that I really wanted to get into in light of the God first, and that is the love that you guys have for one another. And in the world and in the context of raising a Catholic family, the importance of showing affection for one another. You know, Jackie, Pat and I were talking earlier, um, and this was a really important point for us because we have experienced, and I know you've experienced as well, the kind of impact that that has upon our children when they see us showing affection for our spouses. So if you guys have any thoughts to add to that. Well, I know, uh, and you had mentioned that this has happened to you as well, is there are times where uh, when we uh, hug or kiss, when I come home, the little ones want to get in on the hugging. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'll they'll run and they want to. Almost becomes like a family hug. Um, and the the older ones kind of joke, like when we kiss or when we hug, um, or when we're being affectionate, they'll joke. But they love it. Mm-hmm. They'll joke. Oh, come on, guys. You know. And so we've always shown affection, and the kids, I think they they do see that. Mm. And they do know that we love each other, and and I think that's important. Well, and I think one thing for me, I grew up in a very loving home, but unfortunately my parents separated and divorced when I was a teenager. And when our children make comments about how yucky or gross it is that we're hugging and kissing and being very loving with one another, I, I remember one time I mentioned how blessed they are to have two parents. Mm who are so enamored with each other, who are happy together and enjoy each other's company and enjoy being affectionate with one another because I remember growing up in a home where it was very stressful and Mm. uncomfortable and insecure because I never knew what was going to happen between my mom and dad who did not have the most stable marriage and who were oftentimes in conflict with each other and it was very important for me when I began raising my family that my children experienced the joy of two people who were in love with each other on top of loving each other um, as friends, as co-parents, as partners. Mm. But um, there's just a deeper security that goes with being raised by people who are genuinely in love mm. you know, and have that chemistry with each other as well. And I think it's, you know, a reflection of God's love for us. You know, God is in love with us, and he calls us to be in love with him. And when your two parents can be a reflection and an example of that kind of love, I just think it makes for a more comfortable, safe place for them to come home to. Amen, Jackie. Yes. I mean, just as we take in the rays of the sun, uh, so do our children take in and absorb uh, the rays of love that come out from those uh, public displays of affection, those public dis- displays of embracing our spouses. That being said, you know, guys, I think for our listening audience, uh, we need some context. You guys have been married for 17 years. 
yeah. correct? As you were talking there, Jackie, <laughs> I think Alyssa Nines is, well, how long were they married? Of course, seven kids, right? <laughs> maybe at least more than nine, 10 years, but 17 years. And, and maybe your listening audience is thinking, well, 17 years, that uh, chemistry that you're talking about, Jackie, maybe it's dissipated. And I see, Pat, you're shaking your head. No, yeah. no way. <laughs> I'm in, more in love with her and I fall more in love with her every single day. Amen. And I think God has everything to do with that. Mm. You know, I think one thing that's important is that we do put Jesus Christ first. And, and we're not perfect. Um, of course, we have our struggles. Um, one thing that we started doing, I don't know, it's been about a, how long has it been? We started going to adoration every Monday night together, mm. um, and it's become a date night. Mm. Uh, so where we recognize, even when we met, when we first started falling in love with each other, we were going to adoration mm. uh, and not yet dating, but we would even see each other as we were going to adoration. Mm. And now on Monday nights, uh, we go to adoration, and then after adoration, it becomes like a date night. And so I think we really look forward to the Monday nights, and the kids also know. They know we're going to, to adoration, we're going to church, and then maybe we're going to go to dinner or go dancing. We're learning how to dance right now. Yeah, that was my <laughs> birthday gift to him uh, last year was a, a punch card for 10 dance lessons. And we started off with salsa. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very good. But, <laughs> but it, it's, it's important. We spend time with each other and we always put Jesus first. And, Amen. Um, things are right, even in the struggles, when, when we have God in the center. Amen. Okay, so you guys have seven kids. And off the top, I had talked about time management. And uh, again, for context, your oldest is, uh, what, 16, a junior in high school? Yeah. And then your youngest, uh, Josephine, is three. So you have 13 years, seven kids of just not busyness, but a lot of love as we were talking mm -hmm. about it. Yeah, there is busyness. So let's talk about that a little bit, time management, because I know, and I'm just speaking more on a personal level, guys, when... Uh, the time management isn't there for us with four kids. Mm -hmm. It breaks down, mm -hmm. and it breaks down quickly. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take much. Uh, so I don't know if there's uh, some points, some things that you guys have to share on that front for the listening audience. Well, I definitely feel that having seven kids in our current society and culture, it's probably much different than it was even 20, 30 years ago where you know activities were still centered around the home life. Mm. Um, in, in this day, anytime you're involved with sports or music or any kind of extracurricular activity, I feel like it's structured around the two income, maybe one or two child home. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of time and a lot of money that's demanded from families these days with sports. There's a lot of traveling involved. There's just more commitment. And so I, I feel that it is a stretch and, you know, we've really tried to encourage balance with our children in terms of picking what they want to do and sticking to maybe one thing per season. But when you have seven kids and they're all picking one thing per season, you're still running around in 10 mm -hmm. different directions. So yeah, time management is a big deal, but um, I actually have a, a lady I go to for spiritual direction. She's a mentor mom and she's a mother of three and they're all grown and out of the house. And I go to her regularly with struggles like this because this is what moms deal with. This is what our vocation calls for. So sure. a lot of times my spiritual life centers on how we're running our home and how we're managing our time. And she said something to me that I've really taken to heart and tried to embrace is that when you're a parent, there's times in your life where your time is not your own. 
you don't get to control what you do during the day. You're, you, you have to be obedient to the demands of the schedules of the various members of your family. And so a lot of times your life has to be a prayer, you know, because you don't get to set aside an hour for daily prayer or meditation or anything like that. Um, and so you really have to see every moment you spend in the service of your children or fulfilling the duties of your vocation, you have to see that as your prayer. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something I've been trying to embrace and really trying to um, make a part of my perspective as I go through our busy days as a mom. Yes, and there's some practical things that we do as well. I mean, we have our charts, right? So um, the kids, they have weekly chores that they do and they have their homework time. Basically, when they get home from school, they get a snack and they start their homework, like a lot of homes. And we are going in different directions. We have three in track and cross country. There's kids in band. We have one daughter who uh, likes to ride horses. Where that came from, I know nothing about <laughs> horses. Um, every night, there's, there's something. A big thing that we did, and it was a sacrifice for me because I, I like to watch my shows, was uh, during the week, we, sit, we just realized we, we couldn't do it if we we're going to be watching TV. And so we actually cut out television, computer games, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And it was hard for the kids. You know, a sacrifice for me. Parents, they, they say, well, you know, we don't want you to do this. But then they're watching TV and then it, it doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. And so I think for us, we realized we have to also make the sacrifice. And when we were watching television, we would be tired by the end of the night. It would be a rushed time of prayer. But I think without the television or where they could dedicate that time to homework or doing their chores or they're doing their sports, we would have time um, to make sure we're, we're taking some time for prayer, uh, where we're not falling asleep in the middle of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think there were some practical things, and that was one practical thing that we did um, that made a big difference. So replacing that time of watching television with prayer along with creating more time to get those things done and to be able to be present to those things. You know, I like what you said there, Pat, as it relates to how... As parents, we are challenged. So often we hear the phrase, we are the primary educators, but how important is it to understand that the first point of education is how we witness to what we say? You know, because what we do always precedes what we say. And boy, are our kids watching. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not that they're necessarily taking notes, but they, they, they are taking in what you are doing. And, you know, I was thinking about, Jackie, you were talking earlier about the importance of um, being flexible how when you lay uh, that foundation of prayer in the morning, yeah, I mean, how that forms and informs the rest of your day. We've talked about that a lot on this radio program, how once we understand prayer as conversation with God, we are able to go through that day, navigate that day in conversation with God. Okay, Lord, um, I need to be over here, and I need to be over there, um, and yet you want me to be, you know, be present to, to this person here. <laughs> how do I do this? And certainly drawing from that strength from God to be and to enter into that um, holy flexibility. Uh, I really liked what you were talking about there, Jackie, and what your mentor was talking to, because we have to be practical, and there are Mm -hmm. so many demands. Uh, I was speaking with a dad just last week. My oldest son, Colby, was uh, was going through some baseball tryouts, and he, uh, this dad I was talking to, has uh, two sons, and he said to his wife, yeah, we have to stay gainfully employed, the both of us, so that we can pay for all of these AAU trips. And I thought, huh? It's an illustration of what you were talking mm-hmm. about earlier, Jackie. You know, 
we have to stay gainfully employed, the both of us, to what keep up with AAU. Mm-hmm. You know, this is society is now dictating what we are doing as families. And of course, the overarching truth to everything that we talk about, huh, is that the family is that first and vital cell to society. That it is we who are forming society, not society forming us. And uh, I think that's what's so beautiful about your witness, uh, having seven kids. And again, to the seven kids, I think in light of what we're talking about, um, what more could we speak to, guys, as it relates to raising uh, a Catholic family, as you spoke to it earlier, Jackie, in a society, in a culture that does not necessarily look at seven kids as as the best thing today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what are things that we need to be thinking about in, in raising seven kids? First and foremost, just the fact that we are open to having a large family mm. is something that's so contrary to the way people are these days um you know and i still get asked are you done yet and i know people are shocked when i say i don't know Mm -hmm. you know because that is our answer we don't know we're always open to where god is leading us and i think you know a lot of the messages that young married couples today receive are about making sure they have control of their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to have your career in order. You have to have your finances in order. You have to have your, you know, the, your home purchased, and it's got to be this kind of home, and you have to know how many kids you're going to have, and they're properly spaced. And I just feel that while it's always good to be prepared and to properly discern what God is asking us to do with our lives, there has to be an element of trust in the surprises God sends our way as well. And... Having seven kids, I can say some of them have been planned and some of them have been surprises. And I feel like being open to the surprises God has in store for us has been one of the key ingredients to our happiness and our chemistry and our trust in one another and having to rely on each other through the times when things don't always go as planned. And also, I can say that for me, having a large family was always a priority and my other goals in life have always been second to that. And, you know, now I'm going back to school. I'm majoring in English, and in the fall I'll be entering the master's program for literature. And I see that for me, that's how my life was supposed to go, having a family first and continuing with my education second. And I feel that my education and my journey through school has only been enhanced by the fact that I was a wife and a mom first. Mm-hmm. Um, just the things that I know, the way that I process the information I receive, it's always through the lens of my marriage and my family. And so I, I just don't think that that's the way people are told to live their lives anymore. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. through the lens of marriage and family and God and our faith. It's about having the practicalities of our life in order first. You know, And I think that with the kids, it's the same thing when we are guiding them and directing them and helping them make their decisions in life, it's always through the lens of our faith, our family first, not so much what do you need to do to succeed in this area? How many scholarships can you get? What's the best school that you can possibly get into? Our our perspective is just completely different than Mm -hmm. that. Yes, I also just wanted to add that our faith has always been important to us. Our kids, that's all they've ever experienced. Sure. Um, So... We've always been involved in our in our church, whether it be RCIA or, you know, Jackie um, helped with the Walk for Life, and whether it be 
being involved in Knights of Columbus, or we've just always been involved in our faith. And so we openly talk about our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so even at home, we'll openly talk about our faith. Even our priests, you know, we'll invite our priests over for dinner. Our, our kids know our priests. And uh, so I think that had a big impact growing up. And so now what's nice is that our older kids, because that's all they've ever experienced, they're involved in their faith. And mm-hmm. now our younger kids see them involved in the faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's just very natural for them. Mm. Amen to that. Uh, that's beautiful. And you guys were also talking before, and I thought, I thought this to be so important, to be actively engaged with your kids as it relates to what's going on in their lives. Um, certainly for our listening audience, they are probably already hearing this a little bit. But, but how about that moment? How about that encounter? How was your day? You know, what were the highs and, and lows of your day? And for your kids to be open and to have those conversations, what does that look like for you guys? Well, I think it looks different at different ages for mm. the children, talking to little ones about how their day goes. A lot of times they're talking about things that are very mundane, or a lot of times they don't connect or make sense in the way that they're explaining it. But it's important as parents to be engaged and interested when they're that young, sharing about things that are very simple and basic so that as they grow up, they know that you are a safe person to talk to and that you're going to be listening and that you're going to be engaged with what they're saying. You know, and I've had those moments where it's very easy. Oh, how was your day? And as they start talking to me in the car, I zone out and think about my grocery list or, you know, the bills I have to pay, the things I have to do. But it's it's very important for me to try and detach from myself in those moments and be engaged in where my kids are doing and the level that they're at so that they know that I will be there for them no matter Mm -hmm. what. With the older kids, it's very different. The dynamic shifts because you have to draw the information out of them. Like, Mm -hmm. how are things? Fine. How was school? It was school. It's boring. (laughs) You know, that's, that's the extent of it. But in the moments that they do choose to share, it's important for me to be a non-judgmental listener because it's very easy to want to jump in with my criticisms or with my lessons and say, oh, why don't you do this? Or you should be doing this. Or why are you talking about this in that way? You should have a more positive attitude. Or, mm-hmm. you know, why are you gossiping about your friends? You know, you shouldn't be so critical. Think about how you are a friend before criticizing the way other people are friends, you know, or whatever mm-hmm. they're discussing. It's very easy to want to jump in and be a parent with whatever it is they're saying. And what I've come to learn is that um, our kids need to have a safe place to fall when they get home. And not that I stop being their mother and stop giving advice or guidance, but it definitely has shifted into learning how to be a very good listener with them Mm -hmm. first and really listening to the promptings of the spirit as to when I interject and when I jump in and try and parent in the same way I would my little ones, where we do have a lot more hands-on control with the decisions they make and the things that they choose to do or say. I just, you know, have really been learning the art of unconditional love and the art of being a good listener. Well, and you use the word art there, Jackie. I was thinking about Pope Francis. Enjoy the gospel. He uses this phrase, personal accompaniment. And in that section of Joy of the Gospel, he talks about the art of listening and taking that someone by the hand, whether it be a friend or your child, and just listen to them. Mm -hmm. We all need to be listened to. 
again, whether we are a child or whether we are a friend or whether we are a parent, we all need to be listened to. And that is so important because there you're engaging them not on what you think they need to hear, Mm -hmm. but on what they actually need to hear based upon what that specific thing is that they're going through. And that's so important. And that's really beautiful, Jackie, as you speak to that. And I think for our listening audience, that is touching upon um, the heartstrings of many because we all encounter that as as parents. I think that's very important. I also think that there's something beautiful about watching your children grow into who God has created them to be. Amen. And a lot of times when we go in and try to micromanage our kids and what they do and the decisions they make and how they go about doing their homework or their projects or whatever it is that they're doing, then it becomes less about their abilities and their talents and their gifts and more about our desire to make them little reflections of us. Like if my kids succeed, then I'm succeeding. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to fall into that temptation and to succumb to the pressure to do that. But when we are good listeners and when we give our kids the tools to become who God has created them to be, and then when we watch them accomplish their own goals and succeed in their own projects, it's so beautiful and so much more satisfying to watch. You know, one of the things that has amazed me about our children is that the things that they're excelling in right now are things that have nothing to do with Patrick and I. (laughs) Riding horses? (laughs) Riding horses. I know nothing about music, Uh, band. I know nothing. Yeah, their their music abilities, even their running and and their participation in cross country Mm -hmm. and track. I just started running myself four years ago. I know nothing about running and I'm the slowest runner in the world, but they just have found their niche they have found the things that you know are what god is asking them to do and just allowing them to grow into that creation is a beautiful thing to watch yeah and i think the other uh, important part when they get older as teenagers um, that listening aspect sometimes the parent the parent comes out of you and sometimes not in the nicest way sure (laughs) so sometimes when um there's disappointment or i'm upset i I may say something and it it offends them or bothers them and and i think it's important as a parent also to show them um how you can can humble yourself Mm. there have time been times where i've gone to my kids and i've apologized for something i may have said or a tone that may have come across not necessarily for what i may have corrected them about Mm -hmm. um you know and then we have a discussion but I think that that aspect helps them to see that I love them, uh, helps them to see that uh, I'm willing to listen to them, and that I, I recognize I make mistakes as well. Amen. Um, and so Amen. that also, uh, I think, is, has benefited with our relationship with our, our older kids. Amen. Well, guys, we are out of time. Just by way of postscript, if if there's one last point to be had, I, I do think it is that word joy, that everything we are talking about right now points to that more authentic joy. We talk about a labor of love and what it means to be a parent, but at the same time, it becomes a labor of joy when it is rooted in truth and, and, and ultimately rooted in love, and that is so important. You guys are here, and we have four, you have seven to see. Uh, 11 little ones and not so little ones mm-hmm. playing with each other. It brings a, a joy uh, that no one can calculate. You know, you encounter it, you experience it, uh, and it is so life-giving. So 
with that, thanks guys for joining me. This was a lot of fun. This is great. Certainly, uh, look to have you on again. I can I can bring you guys in by way of telephone. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys are great. Thank you so much for the gift of your time. I appreciate it. We'll just wrap up with a quick word of prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.